Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. This is episode 159-159, and we are branching outside of the music industry today and discussing something that we've all been missing, traveling. Now, you already know I've got the best guest possible for this topic on episode 159. My good friend Eli the Travel Guy and I did a live Instagram interview last week, and Eli gave us the lowdown on travel hacks and how to use credit card points and advantages to the absolute fullest. In episode 159, we discussed how Eli got into travel hacking. Eli and I were roommates when we studied abroad in Barcelona back in 2014. Needless to say, the travel bug hit us hard. After college, Eli started MVP International, a company dedicated to providing lifetime memories for athletes, coaches, and families through world-class sports trips. Since then, Eli has traveled all over the world and learned all the amazing ways to save money and earn points. We also discuss Eli's main five points of focus. He broke down his strategy and walked us through the steps he takes to ensure he's checking all the boxes. Step one, optimize personal credit. Step two, earn the right points. Step three, maximize your points earnings. Step four, redeem your points officially. And lastly, step five, automate and systemize. Big time stuff here, guys. We had an awesome conversation on managing your money. Something that myself and so many others I know struggle with is fully understanding personal finance. Eli provided some really valuable advice for topics like credit score, credit cards, checkings and savings, investments, and so much more. This portion is a must listen for anyone that's like me and wants to better understand how to manage your money. It is always so much fun connecting with Eli and I'm extremely impressed by his vast knowledge on travel hacks and personal finance. Straight up, this guy knows his shit. Hit up Eli the Travel Guy if you have any questions as we slowly and safely return to global travel. Thanks for coming on, my guy. And without further ado, let's get into this right now. This is episode 159 with Eli the Travel Guy. Mr. Sherman, we're live. Yes, we are. Eli the Travel Guy. We got shirt, but we just got... Two Barcelona guys just hanging out, having a little chit-chat. Just a couple of guys with our beards and our hair and our <laughs> eyebrows. Dude, Eli, I, I got so frustrated at my eyebrows recently because they were so thick. I was wearing my glasses, and I was like, why has no one told me how thick my eyebrows are? <laughs> and Maya goes, I have told you many yeah. times. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's that's a part-time job right there for you and me, just keeping up with these bad boys. I Dude, know. you're I telling know. Like, me, you know, I've been getting a haircut... Every two weeks since I moved to Chicago, my guy, Jose Luis, shout out to Van Buren Gentleman Salon. It's changed my life. Love it. I don't, I, love have, it. I don't have to worry about my beard, my hair, and now I got the eyebrows taken care of. So it's a pretty luxurious <laughs> lifestyle I have, right? Yeah, I need to, uh, I might have to make that part of my travel routine and start plotting down places where I can uh, I can check in and create a map for other, other, other people with the same situation. That's an <laughs> app idea. Best barber in town. Yeah, 
that's not a bad move. Not you take move. you groom yourself? Oh yeah, I mean, this is all natural. Like most people, do you groom yourself? Who am I? The prince of fucking Egypt? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, how no, are I, you, I, man? I have a professional uh, groomer he travels with me. It's great. It's a good time. <laughs> How's the dog sitting life going right now? It's good. So no more dogs for the short for the time being until uh, until the next person pops up. But I had two back to back dog sits. It was epic, incredible. I also I think I told you this, but. One of them is uh, Shiba Inu. Shout out to you, David, if you're, if you're checking on this. Um, but right now, with like all the craziness with Dogecoin and crypto, I was like walking this dog around Little Italy in San Diego, and everyone's like, "Is that the Dogecoin dog?" No, it's um, not the. It's so, not, yeah, it's yeah, based it was, off this dog. Awesome. Yeah, big time, big time. That's awesome, man. Shout out to San Diego. I'm actually in Zionsville, Indiana right now. I'm uh, at home for the week, so this is not my movie theater chair in Chicago, but... There you go. Taking advantage of the parents' shitty Wi-Fi. That's why I'm in the basement, actually, Eli. It's like the only <laughs> place... I don't. Does everybody on Earth experience their parents' bad Wi-Fi because, like, they just can't figure it out, can they? No, it's it's all good, though. You're getting home, you're getting the, the shrimp parent nice home cooking. I know, I know how the shrimp roll. It's a good situation. Yeah, dude. Mom's offered up. She's already gone grocery shopping twice. I got home Sunday night, and I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why can't yeah. you just get it all in one run? I know. Well, that's my favorite part of going home, too, because, like, so I'm traveling at times, so I'll go home. And then, you know, like, if you're not living at home or you're not, like, that close to home and you do go home, it's like, all right, we got to do the whole thing. Like, you know, it's, it's a different experience. So, the whole yeah, thing. you're getting hooked. Yeah, that's definitely been a silver lining of uh, the pandemic for me is I've come home and spent home, spent more time home than I ever have really since I moved to Chicago. So come home, work from here. My brother, he was living in Chicago, but he lived in a small apartment with his roommate and they were working in there like right on top of each other. And they were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. We had the same thing. I mean, it's like a tough situation. Everyone's on top of each other. It makes me think of like, I mean, the apartment we were in in Barcelona, for example, when we studied abroad. I have a lot of friends in Europe, like, when the lockdown first happened, you literally couldn't leave, and you have, like, families, like, four and five, and, like, these tiny European, like, apartments, it's like, man, that is rough, you have, like, maybe two people working, kids and doing home, school from home, it's like, ugh, like, <laughs> anyone that's basically in their 20s and, like, doesn't have kids, this is probably, like, you know, it's been a tough thing for anybody, but I think it's, like, the ideal situation to be in, especially if you're not right out of school, because, like, the whole... Like, partying phase, you know, like, it's not that big of a deal at this point. Yeah. Like, everyone was probably kind of relieved, like, on a Friday night, you're on your couch for half day. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's, like, not, oh, we were in an ideal spot for <laughs> for this to happen if you had to be in, in a position. I totally agree, man. And I, I think that's honestly just speaking from the heart. There's a lot of people just, like, who've been affected in different ways, but it's just so nice to finally be on the other side of this thing or getting on the other side of this thing. You see the CDC announcement today about no masks in public, if you're vaccinated. And yeah. Gosh, everything's coming a lot quicker than I thought, so I'm, I'm feeling really good and optimistic these days, man. Yeah, no, us too. I mean, I'm seeing the inside, like, just the travel side because the tour company run the, you know, the other business with uh, related to travel, I'm seeing a lot of the trends and, like, just staying, you know, kind of keeping a pulse on the news and everything. So it's definitely going the right direction. It's a slow pro- progression, obviously. Yeah. And certain places are not. <laughs> are not. Hey, David, there you are. Okay. There hey, David. So Shout out Goofy David Latina. Joined, uh, we were just talking about, about uh, Yumi, the Shiba Inu, that I got to walk through <laughs> San Diego. So shout out to you again for that. David, that's a beautiful um, dog you got there. You must be making a killing off the original Dogecoin right now. <laughs> He's actually in Colombia right now. So, like, I also, when I'm getting travel updates and talking to people like that, that are in countries, you know, overseas, like, getting statuses on, hey, how actually is it 
on the ground there rather than just like relying on the media for everything. But, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, that's been that's been good to see. Like a lot of places reopening. Columbia just went back into strict lockdown though, so they're they're locked down. Sweet, dude. Do you see who just hopped on? Rebecca Zatel. Yeah, Becky. What's going on? Becky, hello. Your two favorite guys on live right now. She probably <laughs> is dying to request in right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I told her I was like Becky, you better bring some fire questions. Yeah, we need some fire questions. The questions are open, by the way, guys, for anybody who's tuning in, and, and thanks for tuning in. Eli, it is, like, just incredible. This this isn't exactly a full circle moment because we've stayed friends throughout this entire thing, but it's just kind of cool. Uh, years later, gosh, we've been sending... Right now, actually, Eli, is when we'd be leaving abroad. I just saw one of our last time hop pictures from this time. What was it? How many years ago now was it? Six, seven? Seven, yeah, it was 2014. That is crazy. Yeah, I know. It's pretty funny because our, our text conversation for a couple of years was like, just time hops now. And then like a year later, it'd be like the same picture. I'd be like, oh, I guess this is the last time I talked to you, but it's like a year ago. <laughs> it'd just be like a time hop of, of us in like Amsterdam or Berlin or whatever it was. Oh, man. Those are the days, bro. And it was just so, so special. We got, we got to tell everybody how we met, of course. So I'll start and then you go, Eli. So yeah. I actually showed up a day late, if you remember, because the weather was so bad and I missed like orientation. And Eli yeah. and I were uh, just, he, he was going to Lehigh in PA and I was at IU and we did this abroad program through IES, was it, right? Yeah. Which, which I would highly recommend because I took classes that weren't exactly that hard and I got four and 500 level uh, credits. So that was a good experience for me coming yeah, back. It, it, anytime, just a little tip, anytime the grades in the class are P or F, like that's a good idea. <laughs> Take it. Pass fail versus a letter grade. Like, yes. Sign up for that class. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! But I remember just coming in, man, and it was so funny because we were the only roommates that didn't have like an RA, RA living in the unit with us. Do you remember yeah, like the right. first few days? We were like, is somebody in there? Like, is anybody coming in? Are they just not coming yeah. out of that room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. That's so true. Yeah, there was one on our floor, and that was like supposed to be ours, but like didn't really. What was that guy's name? Jose. Jose, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Good guy. Great, great guy. <laughs> great guy. Great guy. Such a chill Spanish guy, but it was just so awesome, man, meeting you in that environment and just being so excited about life in our own way, and then really coming together on a shared passion of traveling and. Short few weeks after that, we're into Germany, and then we went on so many more trips together. And gosh, it just—it's special to be here talking to you right now, man. Both pursuing our dreams. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's kind of cool. You said, in a sense, it's funny to see like that trip was really a pivotal point for both of us in terms of what we're doing. Because I remember you were, you know, up until sometimes seven in the morning, just like maybe we've gone out and you're coming back and you're just like jamming DJ and you were just hearing in our in our bedroom we're just hearing like from the living room just like and just like so like that's good be yeah tapping his MacBook <laughs> and then and for me that was like a, you know I traveled a little bit before that but that was like man this is so cool like going to all these different places seeing all the different cultures and just like you know being on a two hour flight and all of a sudden you're in a different country with like an entire different world that was like yeah. a huge travel bug moment for me um, same yeah, so I think for both of us, it's kind of funny that that's like an origin piece of like what we're both into now, you know? It's incredible, man. It's just like, I don't know, it, ma it makes the world seem so much more special when you kind of like connect with people in random parts of the world that you just never, you never know. And that's what makes life so beautiful and traveling so incredible because expect the unexpected and you literally, you can't even predict. 
Absolutely. Yeah, the people are everything. People are everything for sure. People are everything, man. But I want to, I wanna, before we start talking about all the travel hacks and stuff, man, I want to know more about you. You just said, I know everything about you, but <laughs> you, ju- <laughs> you just said, like, before you went abroad to Barcelona, you hadn't really traveled much. Where are you originally from? Yeah, so from Northern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Um, grew up there, based my whole life, and I've lived there pretty much after school. Like you said, I went to Lehigh in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. After that, I came back to Virginia, and basically since then, was building this, still building this uh, international sports tour company. Yeah. And we're based in Virginia, but with COVID, we basically, our team started operating a little bit more remote. Um, our lease was up, and so right now, I'm basically just full-time traveling. I don't have an apartment or have a home. I'm pretty much in a suitcase and just uh, going place to place, enjoying that. Um, so that's been the, the journey so far, but yeah, Virginia is definitely the, the roots. Virginia is the roots, man. And what, what was it like, like your parents, are they travelers at all? Or like, did you go kind of on a whim to Barcelona? Was like that your first time of being like, I'm pushing myself over the edge or were you always interested in it? Yeah, just the tip. Yes, Jake, because... just the tip. Homie just said just the tip. <laughs> just, yeah. I'm traveling on summer. Need these tips. Yeah, Jake Short Drive, we'll definitely hook you up. If you stay on, you're going to hear a lot of really good stuff soon. Um, but yeah, for my for me, it started, it's actually funny because, so the sports store company we're doing, we take sports teams on trips overseas. Right. My first ever real international experience was playing on one of those as an athlete, and I went to the Dominican. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, holy shit, this is crazy, like seeing, you know, the poverty and seeing the beautiful beaches and like getting to meet these kids, like blew my mind. Um, so I remember after that, I was like, okay, I have two goals for college. One is to play Division One baseball, and one is to study abroad, which yeah. are immediately like conflict, conflicting goals. Yeah. Uh, so I only played baseball for a year and a half, which ended up being, you know, obviously they, the initial goal was to play four years, didn't happen, which ended up being fine. I got to do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And one of them was I was like, all right, now I get to go abroad. So that was awesome to get to do that. And I remember trying to pick the spot, and I was like, okay, I speak some Spanish, like I was minoring in Spanish at the time, and uh, I was like, oh, Barcelona, Spain would be great, and I was like, maybe I'll do Sevilla, and then. People are like, oh, like Barcelona's cool, but like they speak Catalan. I'm like, not a big deal. We get there, we try to speak Spanish. Like everyone's just speaking Catalan. I'm like, oh man, this is actually kind of tough. So, so um, but yeah, that was definitely the draw. It was partially language. Just wanted to have a you know unique experience, and then um, you know, I think one of the coolest parts, like you said, was just meeting so many awesome people in the program. So many people we met like while traveling. That was awesome. There we go. Okay, we're good. I'm confident we're good now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. Somehow my my account like it like automatically logged me out. I just had to reset my password. I don't know what happened, but that's why. And I logged back in, went into the tour company account, and was like, "This is the wrong one, dude." So Instagram knows. Instagram knows, Eli, that you're about to reveal some travel secrets, and they're like, I know, "You can't let I this know. shit they out." Want us to tell you guys. Yeah, shut them down. Yeah, Brian, I see you just joined Gabe. Like, you guys, they don't. Instagram doesn't want you guys to know these secrets, so yeah. I guess that's why it keeps up. But that's okay. That's okay. We're rock and roll. Where were we? Okay, we okay. were talking about how cliche the sayings are from abroad, but it is all true. Absolutely, hundred percent. It's a life changing experience, and I just I'll never forget those times, and it just kind of shaped, reshaped my per perspective on the world and what you can do in life. And I feel like after totally. that trip, I just you got the travel bug and it's just been so cool watching you Eli over the years being a true entrepreneur. I have a lot of friends that kind of have a, it's not a minimalistic lifestyle that I feel like you guys have, but you just, you don't have a lot to your name and that's fine with you guys, right? Entrepreneurs you're saying? No, <laughs> no, no, like people, like, hold on. people who don't have like a lot of like 
items Thanks. and I mean, for yeah. lack of a better term, shit. Uh, I got a lot of shit. A hundred percent, man. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, I see like like Brian's on here. I don't know if he's still on. Um, he lives in Barcelona, so like, there's a lot. It's it's really cool when you think about like also the study abroad and how that can translate to people being like maybe I'll live abroad. He actually lives there now. He's an American dude. Um, awesome. And yeah, I mean, like if you want to live that, it's ultimately like what kind of lifestyle do you want? For me, I'd rather travel like as much as I can. You know, go to concerts, go to events do that kind of stuff, go on trips and have like hardly any physical things and like have a bunch of stuff that I don't really care about. Yeah. I mean, that's like, like actually what I talk about a lot when we do these like presentations for our trips, uh, for the tour company, I'm like, look, in 20 years, your iPhone's going to be cool. Like, you know, these Beats headphones, sick. You're not going to remember that. Like you're going to remember the trip you took. You're going to remember like the epic concert you went to. It's experiences are a hundred percent way more worth it. And so like, I'll put everything into that, whether that's like, going to a conference to learn or going on a trip or going to, um, you know, like, again, like a festival or whatever it is, like, that to me, that's definitely way, way more fulfilling than, like, anything you buy. I love that. I love that about you, Eli. Somebody just said something hilarious. I think it was Trailer Jones. He said, all Eli's got is bulletproof coffee and elastic <laughs> bands yeah. to work out. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. That's pretty much it. I have, like, two, I have like two shorts and just, like, a bunch of workout stuff and bulletproof coffee. And I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, that's so specific. There's not even a city for you. That's why you're a nomad. You go all over time trying to find your place. Anybody else here like Bulletproof Coffee? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just know if I have that, like the day will be, I'll be good. Like if I don't have anything else, I'll be fine. As long as I get that in, like everything's good. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say nomad though, because for our, we're going to one of our partners that, um, this guy's basically Denzel Washington. He's our, he's our attorney. He's like amazing dude. Uh, super cool. And I was telling him how like, Traveling full time, he like looks at me. He goes, "What you say?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's called being like a nomad." He's like, "No, that that's called being homeless, dude." And I'm like, "Huh? <laughs> like, yeah, you're kind of right. I guess that's the case." Um, so yeah, so that's that's the not the modern day term. It's yeah, it's been fun, man. That's awesome, man. It's incredible. So you you mentioned MVP International a little bit. Um, yeah. But I want to know, because that was kind of like a, a way for you to really understand sort of the travel business. And it is it is a business. There's a business side to it, of course. It's not for just, sure. you know, of course, there's, there's of course, all these ways that you can actually take advantage of these things. Do you feel like that was kind of your first exposure to seeing the, the dark side, seeing the loopholes, understanding how it all works? Yeah, for sure. Yes. I mean, basically what happened is we started this tour company and we're sending you know, these sports teams all over the world. And like, yeah. as business owners, we were looking at it and we're, you know, everyone, every business owner should be looking at like, how do you increase revenue, decrease costs, right. increase profit, right? And so we're like, one of the big costs to us is travel. Cause like we were sending a baseball team to Italy for 10 days and we'd go over and meet these people in person. It'd be like a three to $4,000 cost just for that. Yeah. And so we're like, maybe if we use this points thing, like we could save a little bit of money and increase profit margin. So that was like, how I started to think about it. Yeah. And that would kind of pique my interest. And then I was like, wait, hold on. I kind of knew, I mean, everyone knew about points a little bit. Yeah. You hear um, about but it. But then I was like, oh man, like maybe I could do this more for myself too. And so that's when I really personally got hooked because like when I started out, I mean, I'm building a company. I was like driving Uber, you know, working in a restaurant, doing baseball lessons, building, working in a store company, trying to do, make it all work. Yeah. And like, there was no shot that I had like discretionary income to go travel like I probably could have chose a different career path out of college if I wanted to do that yeah but I, at the time I just didn't and so I was like the points thing is like going on and do it and so that's how it, for me that's why I was like bought in enough to be like I want to nerd out on this and really figure it out and that was like kind of the initial start and that was just like a deep dark rabbit hole from there <laughs> 
very deep, dark rabbit hole. But yeah. it's so cool what you were doing for them, man. And I, I really resonate with that as well. I mean, your own experience traveling abroad, like you just said, was playing sports. And it's just so cool to go with your team and the family. You really get this all-in-one experience. You made me kind of think of like when I first knew about credit cards when we were a little bit younger. I feel like your parents got you a credit card or they had credit cards to build up, you know, credit card actual like back-end stuff, right? But now, I don't know if you know this, how long have like points like this been around you, like the credit card industry? Yeah, so the credit card industry's been around for a while. Um, yeah. I think since like, uh, like really I think it started like in the 50s, 50s, 60s, or 70s, like credit cards like have been around for a long time. Yeah. But the whole reward system, I don't know exactly when that came out, but I want to say it's probably maybe in the 90s, I would think. Some, yeah. Sometime around there, I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. The golden era for like travel hacking was definitely like the early 2000s. Because yeah. basically what happened is there's all these loopholes and hacks and they're still around. Yeah. And they're still amazing. But what happened was like as the internet, you know, propagated information, like everyone started finding out. And so people started changing their rules. The airlines started changing stuff. And they took away some of like the, like they call them like sweet spots, like these like epic point redemptions where it's like, yeah. you're flying in like this $10,000 seat. I mean, you can still do that pretty easily. Yeah. But, um, Yes, I changed it. So I don't know initially. I I got into it probably like 2015 a little bit, and I didn't really start to like fully dive into like 2017. That was why I like really, really got into it. After you graduated college, after you became pretty much fully independent. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know if you have friends that do this, but they use debit cards and they pay in cash and stuff, and I respect that because I was like that for a while. In fact, it took me a long time to actually invest in the stock market and stuff. I just kept putting money in my savings account basically putting it under my bed and then i was like well you know what if i have the money to pay off these credit cards i get three percent cash back on this my girlfriend shout out maya you know she's like made me get all these credit cards and she's like you need to be getting this and doing it for that and i'm I'm like asking her questions i'm like we're at the grocery store what do i use like and that's when over the past couple years i started to think okay like if i already am able to pay off a credit card why would i use my debit card when it's basically a discount almost right and then you get points Correct. Yeah, it's also, I mean, the way we're typically taught about credit is, like, yeah, you're taught to be, like, as risk-averse as possible in school. Like, don't use credit cards. You're going to get in debt, and then yeah. you're be in trouble. I mean, if you don't use them smart, yeah, that's that's true. Like, that will, that will screw you. But, like, if you're, if you're decently financially responsible, then it only makes sense for a bunch of reasons. I mean, you have the point side, which is one. But you're also building credit history, so now when you get auto loans, you get mortgages, all this stuff, you're getting better rates. Yeah. You're also, there's fraud protection on a debit card. If someone, like, rips you off, it's gone. Like, it's really hard to get that money back. Credit yeah. card, you just call the company and be like, look, this was an illegal charge or, like, whatever, fraudulent charge. Your money's back. There's so many benefits to it. And when I'm talking about, like, the business side, like, if you want to start a business, like, how that works, too. Yeah. But um, overall, it's definitely just, like, a significantly smarter move. Yeah. Totally agreed, man. And you talked to me about your five sort of major points of emphasis. And that kind of brings us into step one, which is optimizing your personal credit. Let's just say kind of from like the average person perspective, if I just graduated college or if I'm in college or at any point in life, what does that yeah. kind of look like optimizing my personal credit? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so you want to you wanna optimize, like obviously the way that it works is there's a credit score. Right. And so just for like really high level basics, three digit number, um, basically can go up to 850 and to get premium cards, you gotta have a high credit score. That's what lenders are looking at when they're deciding your credit worthy or not, and they want to lend to you, right? So right. it can give you a credit card. 
So you want to have your score above a certain point. Typically for like top level cards, you want to get at least 700. Ideally, over like 720, 730 is mm -hmm. like, is really good. Um, but one of the big things is a lot of people don't realize there's like multiple credit scores. And then there's um, multiple credit bureaus too. So like your credit score will vary. And the way it works is like if you apply for a card, that bank is going to decide, okay, we're going to maybe look at Equifax or Experian or TransUnion or sometimes a couple or all three. And they may, your scores may vary based on which credit bureau you're on because each credit bureau collects different information on you. Okay. So all that to say, like, you want to make, make sure you're checking the right score and actually seeing what the lenders are going to see. Yeah. Because what happens to a lot of people is they go into, like, Credit Karma, which is a free credit score credit monitoring app, and they're going to see what's called a Vantage score. And so that's, like, there's two different scoring models used. Yeah. Um, and the Vantage score is good to see what your score's at, but that's not the actual score that a credit card company's going to look at. They're going to look at what's called your FICO score. Gotcha. So anytime you want to check that, you have to either pay for it or be part of a service like a credit card that gives it to you. Okay. But that's the score you actually need to check because sometimes they vary a lot. Like some people will check credit card and be like, I don't get why this actually happens to someone today and message me. I got tonight with this card. I understand it. Like I have like a 725 and I'm like, where do you check your score? I'm like credit card. I'm like, check my FICO or credit check total and I look at it. It's like a 670. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so you, you want to make sure you're checking the right place first. Okay. Um, that's number one. And then from there, there's basically five factors of credit. And the biggest one is payment history. So you really can't have late payments and you want to build as much positive payments as you can. So that's another factor of why, again, having credit cards, having more cards, so build over time will actually improve your score. Hmm. So you have more on-time payments. So that helps improve your score a lot. Um, and I can jump into kind of how that, that breakdown of all the all the factors if you want. Yeah. But I would say um, that's one. You want me to kind of get into a couple a couple of these factors real quick. What, whatever you think would be honestly most most valuable, just from a high level perspective. Okay. Yeah. So we'll bring them down. Payment history is number one. Getting as many on time payments as you can will help the most. Right. Um, and I'll talk about in a second how you can basically boost all of these areas mm -hmm. with like a pretty quick hack. Um, number two is called utilization. So this is how much of the credit you are lended versus how much you borrow or how much you use, sorry, okay. on a monthly basis. So if you have three credit cards with a $10,000 limit, your total credit line is 30,000 across all your cards. Right. Maybe you use 3,000, so you're at 10%, which is really good. Right. So you want to be under 30% for that for sure, like to get approvals, and ideally under 10% if you want like the highest possible score. Okay. okay? Um, so that's number two, that's utilization. Okay. And you've got age of accounts. Now, this is going to be the average age of all your credit accounts. So every credit, like credit cards, loans, all this stuff, average that out. That's your average age. Okay. And so um, this is the hardest one for young people to improve because you're 21, you've had a card for one year, like your average age is one. Like it's not very good. <laughs> and you want it to be over nine, really. Like that's like, that's the goal. So again, I'll talk in a second on how you can kind of boost that as well. But that's, uh, that's the third aspect. Then you have credit mix, which is basically different types of financing you have, whether it's loans, credit cards, personal loans, student loans, mortgages. So the more different types of credit that you've had and been like a good borrower with, the more your score is going to go up. Okay. Um, and if you think about it logically, it kind of makes sense because like if you were lending someone money, you'd want to know like have they borrowed money from other people? Have they paid it back on time? Have they done like a bunch of different deals and like been okay? So think of it logically like that. And then the last one is called uh, new credit or basically like how many inquiries you have. Um, and so that's going to be like, if you're applying for a bunch of stuff, you know, you're going to get a bunch of inquiries on your report, which will hurt your report, hurt your score a little bit in the short term. Um, it bounces back and it's the smallest factor of credit. So like people, a lot of people freak out. They're like, I have two cards and I don't want to open a third. Like I need to cancel one, right? It's like, no, no, no. It's the opposite. Mm. You should get more cards over time to build good credit. 
Um, to actually have a perfect score, you need to have over 21 different credit re- accounts reporting to your report. doesn't have to be just credit cards, but like across all credit, you need yeah, over 21 yeah, yeah. accounts. Yeah, so most people are thinking backwards because they're like, I'm going to get a new card. It's going to hurt my score, right? It's like you might get an inquiry. It might hurt your score a little bit yeah. for the short term, but in the long term, it's much better. Okay? And when you understand the five categories a little bit more, you can see it's pretty obvious. Like you're like, okay, I get a new card. So my utilization goes down, which is good. My payment history goes up, which is good. Right. My average age will go down a little bit, so that hurts a little bit. Hmm. And my credit mix goes up, that's good. My And my new credit goes up a little bit, that's bad. So, but like, you know like how it's weighted, then it's like pretty obvious that a new card, in most cases, is going to help you. I'm so glad that I had you explain that, actually. You just like, great job, by the way. You're very good at explaining <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, glad that, glad that, uh, that landed. So, yeah. um, that's, that's the breakdown, but here's the hack. So, there's a thing where if people are young and they're starting out, um, you talk about like your parents adding you. There's a thing called being an authorized user, which is also known as credit piggybacking. Yeah. Um, and so that. basically, someone can add you to that card, and what's going to happen is the entire history from that just that card, not their entire credit profile, just that card, mm-hmm. is going to show up on your credit report and basically at factor in like it's on you, like it's your card, right? So let's say you are brand new out of school, you're 23, and you have one year of credit history, and then your parent adds you to a card that has you know, 20 years of history mm-hmm. and you have two cards, now your average age is 10 years. Mm, so okay. that goes up a lot. And then plus, they may have hundreds of on-time payments from that card. Now it looks like you have hundreds of on-time payments. Plus, they have a high credit line. So if you use a little bit of your credit, your percentage of utilization goes down so your score goes up. So that's a quick way to boost your score. Um, and you can okay. do a couple of those. You shouldn't do like a ton, but you can do a couple authorized users. And it's awesome. Now, the, and the other thing that happens is a lot of people we really nervous to do this because they're like, well, my parents may not want to give it to me. Typically, what you just do is you say, hey, add me as an authorized user. Don't even give me the card. I don't even want to spend on it. Yeah. And it's a one-way street. So only what they do can impact you, good or bad. If they miss the payment, it's going to screw you. Yeah. But nothing that you do can be can go back to them unless you like literally took the card and spent money. Then they would have to pay it off. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, people just add you, and there you go. Amazing. Yeah, it's, it's big time. And that's a huge thing because, like, a lot of people can't get over certain hurdles of, like, their credit score. And they think it's going to take three years. Yeah. You can do that and be up and running in, like, a month. So what if I'm a parent? How should I, How early should I start thinking about those sort of things in this day and age? If you're a parent? Yeah, if I'm a parent and I'm going to have kids, should I start thinking about getting them a credit card the day they're born? Is it sort of, like, the same idea as a college yeah. fund? Yeah. Or how think, does that work? I think it depends on the card of how the how early you can add someone. But, oh, I mean, okay. Yeah, but, like, so if you didn't add, like, they don't need a credit score when they're 15. So if you add them when they turn 18, then it's all, all that history is still going to show up there, so it doesn't really matter. Okay, got it. What I would think about if I was a parent was I should really keep my oldest card open so that when my kid is 18, I have a card with 40 years of history, and I add him, and it's like his score is going to be skyrocketed, and he's going to get better opportunities for everything. Do they have to be related to you, Eli? No. There's a business in this too where people will sell trade lines. Is what it's called. Yeah. Like basically, a credit account can be called a trade line. I think you're you're freezing up on me here. Um, <laughs> Keep going. I can hear you. Okay, you can hear me. So a credit account is called a trade line. So people will sell trade lines too. Like for a lot, for example, a lot of people where they get stuck is they have high utilization. Specifically, business owners I talk to because they start a business, and they they run everything through personal credit, mm-hmm. and like oh, I had to buy this new thing like for, for my business, and I had to put it in my card. And now their utilization is at like 70%, 80%. Mm. And like that's really bad. And now they can't get new cars and they're kind of stuck. So 
um, some people will go out and look for like a car, like a, a credit account they can add to the report. Yeah. And some people will pay for it. I don't suggest doing that because usually you can just find someone on your personal network. Yeah. Um, or your family, and then you know that will fix a lot of the problems that are coming up for you. Beautiful, love it. And yeah. that was optimizing your personal credit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's that's how you optimize. Awesome, man. I, I, I really heard you there. So next up, earn the right points. And this is something I was talking about earlier. Using a credit yeah. card for food and travel, using a credit card for everything else. What what's what's your take on this point, which is something that I wish more people understood? Yeah, so so I want to put it into context for you compared to something that most people can relate to. Okay. So you've been to you've been to Mexico, right? Of course. Yep. So you go out you go there and like you get the money. I remember like when we were abroad it felt like everything was fake money anyways, right? <laughs> but, like, yeah. The, the denomination is crazy. You know, something might be in Mexican pesos, like, like, or whatever the country is. Even like Japan, it's like really highly inflated. So something maybe like a hundred thousand for like one dollar, right? Right. So what happens with points is not all points are created equal, and they're not all worth the same. Hmm. And so a lot of people don't know that. And so what they'll do is they'll they'll just go out and be like, okay, this card has a seventy thousand point offer, and this one has a hundred twenty thousand. Hmm. So clearly, take the hundred twenty thousand point offer. But it's like what you just basically did is said I'll take one hundred twenty thousand Mexican pesos over seventy thousand U.S. dollars, which is never no one would ever do that. So it's maybe not that dramatic, but that's the same idea. Yeah. And so you want to earn the right points, and you want to earn basically points that are flexible. So like, there's different ways to use them, which we'll get into in a minute. But yeah. like, you you can either basically earn flexible points, which are like bank points, so like Chase points, Amex, Capital One, or City are really the main ones. Yeah. And you can basically transfer those into other airlines or hotels or use them through their travel portals so it gives you a lot of flexibility and like utility just from having those right or you can earn like loyalty points which would be like earning delta points or american points right and basically what happens is you can only if you earn delta points then it turns out that american or united is the best flight for your route like you're done you can't do anything yeah right so <laughs> that kind of wastes the opportunity yeah so it's still good to earn those but i always suggest starting with the flexible ones for sure mm -hmm. and then also when you're going to um like think about this that's part of like what should really be in the, your mind for your overall strategy like what type of airline do you consistently fly like what hotels you stay at and really think about like earning those related to what's specifically most valuable for you okay think about that a little beforehand love that that makes complete sense is it too early to talk about thinking about uh credit cards and airlines that use them um what do you mean like, like is it in, too early to... in your in your steps here i mean next one is maximize your points earnings i feel like that kind of falls in that bucket you just like i guess it only sparked my mind because you said if i'm on a delta but i need to get an american it doesn't really make sense yeah. to use that do you do you use yeah. multiple credit cards for different airlines oh yeah yeah for sure and i'll i can we can touch on that because the fourth step is to like efficiently redeem your points and so that would be more like how to use them um, I like your steps. They all fall right in line with each other, don't they? There we go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, okay. I'm sorry. So because it, can get, it yeah. can get confusing for people if they don't have like a clear, like, what do I focus on? These are all kinds of different pillars. Um, yeah. So maximizing earnings. This, is, this one's probably the easiest part for people to understand, but it's pretty simple. There's two ways to earn, well, really two main ways to earn points. Sign-up bonuses mm -hmm. and then like called category bonuses or everyday spending, right? Mm -hmm. So you open a card and it's going to give you a sign-up bonus saying, hey, when you spend $4,000 in the first 90 days, you're going to get 60,000 points. We all see these promotions. Right. And so, so there's certain cards you can get the sign-up bonus multiple times, certain banks where you can get multiple cards like with them and like maximize those. There's different rules for each bank. But essentially, you can optimize that and get a handful of those at any given time. Again, assuming you understand how credit works, which is part one, right. and do that 
increase your credit score and get a ton of points and rack them up and basically get like thousands of dollars worth of travel just from sign-up bonuses alone very quickly. So that's like the fastest way to, to get a ton of points. Yeah. Now part two is what you're talking about, maximizing, like really optimizing what kind of cards you have based on your purchases. So mm-hmm. if you go to grocery stores a lot, are you getting a card that gets 4X of groceries versus one? Yeah. And are you earning the right points when you do that, right? So like... If you had a, two, a car that got you 2x Delta points at a grocery store versus 4x Amex points, like it's, you would look at, okay, the Amex points are more valuable, and I'm getting four times versus two times of a less valuable currency. So you would think about that. Um, and I try to keep that simple. I don't go too crazy on that. Some people get really, really, like, really nerdy on that stuff. I personally think that's where, like, I get into the line of, like, this is way too much time for the benefit. Yeah. So I just like to have, like, as much of the, like, the baselines covered as possible where I know like okay when I'm dining I have like two cards one business one personal that I know I'm going to use yep. it's groceries it's this or this and it's pretty simple um, right. now the third way to earn a lot of points is through referral bonuses and so like for certain cards you can refer people mm-hmm. which is huge because like Chase Sapphire refers a great card you can get up to 75,000 points in a year for referring five people so if you use Chase Sapphire points at like two cents a point which is a normal way to use them that's $1,500 worth of free travel you just got just from referring people so Insane. the referrals are pretty big too. Yeah, I mean that's for me that's a lot easier because like I'm obviously like promoting this whole thing, so like people yeah. are all constantly asking about cards. But if you have friends or family and like you're traveling and sharing it, like they're gonna ask, and then you can just basically earn a lot of points that way too. I Eli, I told so many of my coworkers and friends that travel and stuff. Like you end up being being my day job in sales. You end up selling the things you're passionate about on accident. Like, why wouldn't you do this? I use this product and it's incredible. It's changed my life. You know, it's like the Flex Seal guy. Your fucking fish tank's blowing up. You kidding me? Use the Flex Seal. That's what I'm thinking, right? I'm like, you're going traveling. You didn't use your Chase Sapphire card? Use the card, yeah. right? And it's just like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know exactly yeah, what you mean. Way. I, but I, I could probably be kind of obnoxious to some people about like there are times where we've been out for dinner and like my friend pulls a debit card out and I'm like I'm like, I'm like LeBron James like squat I'm like get that shit out of here like what are you doing with that thing like yeah, like that's offensive uh, there's probably someone on here with a debit card who's just like listening they're like oh, like is that bad so I'm sorry I don't mean to offend you if that's the case but I get it um, like you mentioned in the beginning like we get it we do but it, the 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 fact of the matter is if you're not going to change your lifestyle based on the fact that you only are going to use a debit card, then you're only doing yourself a disservice. Correct. I mean, this is, and this is one of the things I love about how this all works. Like, if you're trying to learn a new skill that's like, well, maybe more like business, let's say. Yeah. Like, let's call like, let's call sales, right? And you're trying to sell, and like, you're trying to learn how it goes. There's so many variables that are unknown where you're like, what went wrong here? Like, was it the person I was talking to? Was it the thing I'm selling? Was it the messaging? Was it my tone? Was it we didn't have a good enough relationship? There's all these factors that could be, and you're like, I don't know. With credit, it's not. It's like taxes. There's like a rule, and there's a system, yeah. and it just works. There's not like, oh, maybe like I'll sign up this card, and maybe I'll get the points. It's like, no, this is like the rules. Like You get the points. Like They're going to happen. Yeah. So it's not it's not that complicated of a thing if you're willing to just figure it out. And like you said, like if you like to travel, then why wouldn't you spend a little bit of time to do that, especially when you think about, let's say you were going to use your money from your job to travel. Yeah. That's after-tax money. So really, if you're paying $2,000 for a trip, you're really not paying $2,000. You're really paying $2,000 plus the tax that you paid to get that money from your employer, right? So let's call it 25%. So it's really like, that trip is really $2,500. Points are not taxable. So when you're using them, 
you're basically getting a, you're basically getting twenty five hundred dollars worth of value because of that tax implication right there alone. So you start to do that, that adds up over time. And then what about if you save that two thousand dollars and you put it in the stock market that compounds at nine percent a year? In twenty years, that two thousand dollars turns into a lot more just because you didn't have to use that for a trip. So you gotta think about the bigger picture too. Like just That's kinda working awesome. smart, not working hard. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's really smart. That's some some uh, what's it? Some Roth IRA shit? No, what's the uh, what's the one that you pulled out? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm not agree with our IRAs, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my mom just joined on here too. She knows. She doesn't agree with IRAs. She knows, Mindy. Hey, Hello, mom. Mindy. How are you? Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Eli is absolutely crushing it right now, and that brings me <laughs> to the next step, which is Eli. So the next step is. Use your points efficiently. So this is the trickiest part for sure. Yeah. Um, but this is the part where the real money is made because a lot of people that I know, like, they don't have a problem earning points. It's pretty easy. You can see a card with a bonus, get it, cool, you got points. But now you burn through them super fast and you're out of points and you're like, don't know what to do. You're like, I'm going to keep just signing up for all these cards. So how do you make them stretch further? So there's a couple things here, and this is one where you, we have to talk a lot longer on, but I want to keep it simple. Mm -hmm. um, so there's essentially... If you're looking at, like, let's talk about flying mostly. Yeah. If you're looking at flying, there's two ways to use points, really. You can use them, let's say you have, like, these transferable points, like the bank points I was mentioning, Chase, City, Amex, or American Express. You can go into their travel portal, and essentially what's going to happen is the price of the ticket is going to be, like, the price in points, just about valued at one cent per point. So let's say a $300 ticket is going to cost 30,000 points. Okay. A $500 ticket, 50,000 points. So on and so forth. Right, right? gotcha. And so... That's, you're getting a one cent per point value. And this, basically, this is what it's about. It's about getting how many more cents per point are you getting when you use your points. Now, airlines price things differently than um, with points than those like banks and credit card companies do. They have different ways to price it where it's going to be based on like how far you're flying or the geographical zone you're flying in. So if you think about it, the price won't change based on the, ge like, the distance you're flying, but the price may change because of supply and demand on like the actual cash cost of the ticket. So what happens is, like, let's say this is a little graph here. The price stays flat on, like, to go from East Coast to West Coast or North America to Europe. Yeah. But the cash cost, as you get closer, it's going to get more expensive. Mm -hmm. So now you might finally get a $3,000 ticket because the cash cost is really high. Yeah. But because it's in a certain zone, it's, like, priced way differently. So that's mm -hmm. how you get a ton of value. So, like, a practical example of this would be I flew from – LA to Miami in December, and like American Airlines uh, first class is like one of those lay flat seats. You get the lounge before, nice. you know, suit free bags, like the champagne, the whole thing, right? <laughs> it was it was forty three hundred dollars in cash. So you take person number one doesn't know anything about points. They're paying four thousand three hundred dollars, which is crazy. I would never ever do that. <laughs> no way. Person number two knows how to earn points but can't use them well. They would go through the Amex portal or whatever, and they would use them at one cent per point and get 430,000 points. So they would burn through a lot of points really fast. Like, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. But based on how I know how to, like, transfer these points and then find the right way to the airlines price them, it only cost me 30,000. Hmm. So now we think about that. It's like, not only is it free, but for every one seat that most people are getting, I'm getting, like, 13 on that value. And at $4,000 value, that's, like, $50,000 difference between me and the person who doesn't know how to use points. If I were to do that consistently, like, not that I would be doing that every week, but that's how, how much it would play out if you, like, multiplied it out, right? Yeah. Wow. That is, that is incredible. Wait, how, how dope was that flight, though? 
I mean, you've been taking a lot of cool first cast flights, but that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, it's awesome. It's the best. <laughs> like, it's great. You know, like, when you walk on the plane and, and like, you know, there's the two segments and the flight attendant looks at your ticket and they're like, you go over here, you're like, hell yeah. <laughs> How was the service? That was a, that was a, that was a, that was a Michelin star service, I bet. Yeah, they, during COVID, they restricted a lot, honestly, and the international carriers are way better. Like, you go on some of these, like, international ones, like Japan Airlines or, like, Lufthansa, and they're, like, I mean, they treat you amazing, especially the Asian Airlines treat you so nicely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. ones are still good, but they're, they don't compete at that level, but uh, no, the service don't. is still great. I mean, like, I remember the first time, I, uh, one of the first times that I really long when I flew from Dallas to Tokyo, like, three years ago, Yeah, and it was, like, my second or third business class flight, and I was, like... I was asking the guy, I was like, I had like a double whiffer on the rocks, and like, well, the first thing I got out there, and I'm like, can I have another one? He goes, you're in first class, you can do anything. He literally said that, and I was like, that is hilarious that you literally just said that to me, and I'm like, then let's go. Let's yeah, let's go. Dude, I had a great <laughs> yeah, experience, too. I, I landed too. in Tokyo for that, and I was just like, oh my god. Oh my what god. Country, man. Like, I was, that, was, that was a fun ride, though. There you go. I, I took, Maya and I went to, uh, I think I told you about this, we went to India for a friend's wedding, and we took Swiss Air, and we went <clears throat> Chicago to Switzerland, Switzerland to New Delhi, and dude, wow. both flights, I'm just like feeling myself. I'm like, oh, I can have unlimited wine? Even, dude, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the air and the altitude, but the meals were so dank. They were just like really? nice and warm, and I think it was just because they were warm, you know. <laughs> I'm so used to American Airlines. Shout out American Airlines, though. Sometimes a good experience, but I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And like, we're not. This, that's the thing I want people to understand is, yeah, saving money is great, but like the experience of traveling, if you're already gonna do it, in my opinion, and obviously you just explained it, it it just heightens the whole experience. Getting to and fro is what stops people from doing things in the first place a lot of the time. So if you already are going to do that, if you like traveling but don't like the traveling aspect, there's a reason that there's a luxury lifestyle for it. And you don't always have to be a millionaire in order to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's completely it. And I mean, like, for me, like, I look forward to the travel experience. Now it's, like, exciting. Like, I'm like, yeah. it's not like a hassle. It's like, let's go. Like, it's, it's going to be fun. Um I mean, that's just me. But I know a lot of people like that, where they're like, man, like, I, I, tra- I started flying first, whatever, on the points, and, like, now I get excited to get on an airplane instead of being like, oh, like, my back's going to hurt and all this stuff. So totally. it's just different. I mean, the other day, like, any there's this whole underground points and miles community, just like there's for music and DJing, right? <laughs> You're in the yeah, underground, like, Eli? <laughs> oh, I'm in the underground. Don't worry. But, you know, there's, like, Reddit forums and all these Facebook groups and all stuff. Yeah. And it's hilarious because so many people in there are, like, bitching and complaining about this room. It's ridiculous. It's like... There's, like, first world problems, and then there's, like, a level, a, a tier above first world problems. And somehow, like, I don't know how that exists, but when people are like, oh, the, the in-flight service on this first-class flight, like, they didn't bring the hot towel. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> who the hell cares? Like, it's, it's a ridiculous complaint. But, uh, yeah, so the other day, like, I know we're talking about, like, kind of luxury things that aren't really that important in the end of the day in the, in the world. But, like, if you can enjoy it and there's a system that's basically there for you to take advantage of, like, why wouldn't you do that? I completely agree, man. And it's it's simply put. So, last step. Automate and and systemize. Great word. Yeah. 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 Dude. Slick words. Your, um, your eyes words here are just, whew, off of the charts. Yeah, optimize, <laughs> systemize, automate. Yeah, so this is just about, um, 
you don't want this to turn into a part-time job. And for a lot of people who get really into this stuff, yeah, that's what it is. And like, I think that's a waste of what, like, the, the opportunity cost doesn't make sense to do that. So, <clears throat> how do you like spend a minimal amount of time and get the most value? A couple things, easy things. For a lot of cards, you don't want to ever close cards, by the way, because you want to keep that credit history building, the age building. In rare cases, it makes sense, but in most cases, it doesn't. So what do you do? You downgrade your card, and then what you should do is put a subscription on, like Netflix, Hulu, whatever, because mm-hmm. you're continuing to report positive payment history, which builds your payment factor, Yeah, should talk about. But put things on auto pay. At least put the minimum statement on there so you know you're never going to have a late payment, and that it's automatically paying off. It's out of sight, out of mind, especially with this card you're not using every day, but like, you put like a nine dollar purchase on, and now you're building payment history on time. Right, and it's just automated, right? What apps do you use to, to basically do this? There's a couple apps. Um, if you really get into this, and you have like all your rewards accounts, and you want to you want to log into thirty different places. You know, there's something like a work called a Word Wallet. There's another one called TripIt, mm-hmm. and these apps will link all your rewards accounts. So like, if you have a bunch of points, you can see them all in one place. Like what you're gonna use, um, what you're gonna be able to use to book stuff. Yeah. Um, again, downloading all the travel apps, I would say, is a big one, um, and then. Like, if you do have a bunch of credit card and, like, loyalty accounts and bank accounts, so, like, get, some, get one of those, like, um, tools that will automatically log you in. LastPass, Dashlane, um, I think it's one called One Password. Stuff like that just helps you save a ton of time. Yep. So, I always suggest, you know, optimize, like, that kind of stuff because, again, if not, you're going to be sitting there and like, oh, I forgot my password and that takes, like, eight minutes and you need to reset it and do the whole thing. You know what I'm talking about. That's yeah. so annoying. Yep. So, so you don't want to, you don't want to have all these little annoying things pop up you want it to be as seamless as possible so that's that's definitely part of it love it man love it that was incredible Eli like five major points of emphasis man and I really like how you broke it down too because it's very relatable in a lot of different ways and again I just want the overarching thing here is that as the world kind of comes back slowly and safely like if you've had a job and and I I am I sh- I'm sure hope you're grateful that you have um you're going to want to travel again and you've got this money saved up and you don't have to go there and just blow it, man. Like the world isn't Vegas. That's why there are these things. So, um, yeah, it's just like, I learned, I'm learning a lot, Eli, by the way, awesome. I, I'm recording awesome. this or I would be taking notes literally. Yeah, no, all good. And there's, there's a couple other like kind of practical ideas that we can throw out to, to people. Um, I'm just like thinking, we'll just throw out some ideas of like, here's other things that you could do. Yeah, I was going to actually give you scenarios, Eli. So I was going to say maybe if like if I'm a single male or single female and want to travel all over, where would yeah. you where would you kind of start from a credit card or, or any any sort of advice perspective? Yeah, for sure. So I'm definitely starting. I'd be earning either start with like one program and earn as many points as you can there. Yeah. Like between Chase or Amex, those are the easiest to use. Right. Okay. Um, and then a couple things I would look at is what's like important to me. Do I want lounge access to the airport? Do I want to skip the lines? Which you should absolutely get a card that has global entry and TSA pre-check included because there's so many. Yeah. And, and the amount of times that there's like a 300-person line for, for security and then TSA pre-check, it's like two people. It's ridiculous. Or like global entry. Do you have that? I, I do have global entry, yes. But TSA pre-check, I don't, I, you know, I haven't traveled internationally in a while, but TSA pre-check, I know exactly what you mean. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the best. And if you get global entry, it comes with TSA pre-check, so you're good to go. Yeah, back. yeah, right. So... So get that, and the thing about like, okay, do you want a card that has lounge access? So look at like which card has the most amenities perks mm-hmm. that you want, and a lot of them are gonna have annual fees. But when you add up like how much value you're getting, it becomes like a card that you're gonna profit off of just from like having those amenities, right? If you travel a decent amount. Yeah. Um, there's other ones like the Hilton Spire card will give you automatic Hilton Diamond status. So if you like to stay at Hilton's, 
you're getting free breakfast every time you go for two people. You're getting automatic upgrades to suites. You're getting like a uh, one free night a year plus a ton of points plus like um, like a $300 property credit plus lounge access. So like yeah. you add all that up, like if you want to travel kind of like you just said like a lot, that's like thousands, that's like hundreds, at least minimally hundreds of dollars up to thousands of dollars worth of travel on one card right there. So Insane. Um, that's where I would kind of start is like figure out what's important to you. Look at the cards that have the perks that align well and then earn as many of the flexible points as you can. Okay. Typically for Amex, that's going to be like the best one. If you have a decent credit score, it's going to be like the Amex Gold is a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Platinum is great, but it's really has a high annual fee. So it's a little bit over a lot of people's heads in terms of what they actually want. Yeah. But Amex Gold is really good. And on the Chase side, there's a lot of good Chase cards too. Chase Sapphire, yep. Preferred or Reserve can both be really good. And I would definitely suggest like you want to go that route i did there. both too for any regular Sorry. folk out there i was on preferred and then upgraded to reserve and it seems like a lot yeah. too for the initial annual fee but the fact of the matter is with chase you can make that money back pretty quickly again going back into if i'm already going to be spending that i remember with the uh preferred eli i had to buy a laptop and i got the credit yeah. card before and spent four thousand dollars or whatever it is i can't remember and got all those points so it's Correct. like time this stuff out too yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of people out here, some are business owners, some are just like, you know, normal 9 to 5 situation where they don't have a business going on. Yeah. But if you do, you know, maybe it's something like paying taxes. Like, you can pay that on a credit card. Get a, get a card right before that, get a huge sign-up bonus. You're going to pay taxes and get 100,000 points worth, like, two grand. <laughs> like, that's a win. That is a hack right there, baby. Yeah, it's a big There's all sorts of stuff like that where if, yeah. you, if you strategize a little bit before and put some things into it, it's like, absolutely no-brainer mm-hmm. um and yeah also one of the other great ways to earn a ton of cards business cards have some of the best um sign-up bonuses and just rewards overall but a lot of people are like i can't get a business card i have a business well technically you can have a business as a sole proprietor you don't have to set up an lc you don't have to go through all this, all this like paperwork and the whole process mm-hmm. and maybe you flip something on facebook marketplace or maybe you mowed a lawn or maybe you babysat for someone and got 20 bucks technically you're in business technically you can get a business credit card for that so there are friends that I have that have helped do that. Like they're getting business credit cards with great bonuses, great spending um, opportunities, and like also if you want to leverage that to scale business, then that's actually a really good opportunity too. That's a totally different conversation. Yeah. But uh, business cards can get you a lot, a lot of points too if you're if you're willing to uh, just like sit down and figure that out. It'll take like half an hour to an hour to look into it. You're good to go. Love that. That was actually one of my next ones. Is like if an if I'm, if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm going to start a business and just kind of me against the world, are there different advantages that I should be thinking about then, whether I don't want to be an individual LLC or L- or proprietor? How, how, how would I think about that if I wanted to start my own business? Yeah, LLC is definitely the best way. Um, well, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a legal advisor. I don't know. Like, everyone's situation varies. But for credit card purposes, specifically, yeah. an LLC is definitely the best and easiest. Um, it's a legit business structure. If you're sole proprietor, it can be a little bit harder to get cards because you just don't look as serious in the eyes of a bank and they yeah. want serious clientele. So I would always go that route. Even if you're thinking about starting a business, like in a year or two years, get the LLC now mm-hmm. because what happens, what becomes really important with business credit is called getting like age on your LLC. So if you have an LLC that's two years or older, getting credit cards is a lot easier. Getting higher credit lines is a lot easier than if it's like a month old or three months old. Right. So that's one thing. Number two is, like, if you're starting something out, <clears throat> you should be thinking about, like, how do I want to grow this thing? Because there's really, like, in my eyes, there's five ways you can fund a business. You can either use your own money. Mm-hmm. You can go get a loan. Yeah. You can go get, like, an equity partner who's going to put money in. Yeah. 
you can basically wait until your company generates revenue mm-hmm. to start to scale, which is just, I mean, it's just far way to do it in some ways, but it's really slow. Yeah, I was going to say, or how do you, you make can, money? Or you get business credit cards. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, you got to spend money to make money if you're a businessman, right? To some degree, yeah. You need, you need capital from somewhere. So out of those, like, you can either give up part of your company, you can take on a loan, yeah. you can do all this stuff, but business credit cards can get you the most capital, most cash at 0% interest sometimes, which is really good because mm-hmm. normally there's an interest rate where you're paying more money over time, yeah. and you can use that. So that is, like, far and on the fastest way to start and scale. Mm-hmm. Most people don't really know about that, um, but if you're in a position where you have an idea and, like, you're willing to better yourself, then that would definitely be the way to go. Okay. So what if I'm married? Is there an advantage to either being married from a credit card perspective or should one person be using one to use on certain things or one on another? What's your perspective there? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when you're married, there's that is an advantage. Yeah. Um, and so basically what you want to do, there's an advantage for two reasons. Number one, both of you guys can get each card, so you each get these bonuses, right? Okay. And then a lot of cards that have referrals, like let's say you know, you were married, you would get the points, you would get the sign-up bonus, then you refer your wife, and now you get the referral for her, and then she gets the bonus too, so you're adding those in. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a huge perk. Now, a lot of times it doesn't make sense to keep both cards open after you get the bonus. So, like, let's say you and your wife had a, you each got the Chase Sapphire preferred, and you both got the bonus. Yeah. And, you know, now, like, you both kind of have this card that has an annual fee. One of you would just downgrade it to a no-fee card, so you're not paying the annual fee, but you keep the credit line open. And then one of you would actually keep the card open, and then basically you could either add her as an authorized user, or you could just both spend on that actual card, and that's a smarter way to do it. A lot of people will be like, oh, we'll just all use the same cards. Like, if you do that, <clears throat> you know, you can do that, but you're going to typically miss on the opportunity to get a sign-up bonus for two people, yeah. which is great. Like, why wouldn't you want double the amount? So true. So true. Is I mean, Yeah, and I guess, like, on top of that, is there any advantages if I'm thinking about one person's, because, like, in marriage, we all sort of have our own lifestyle individually too, right? Like there's no reason to not get your own credit card for certain purchases and the other person have that as well. Is that kind of what you mean by not all sharing one credit card? Yeah, yeah. I mean more – I'm talking strictly from points. Like perspective, it makes sense to get both of you get the sign-up bonus. Yeah. And then decide if you want to have separate credit cards or use one together become like okay. an authorized user so you're both in the same account. How you want to split that is obviously up to the – like you said, up to the couple, like whatever the agreement is on – on that, I mean that that varies definitely, couple to couple. Most definitely. Yeah. How uh, how many credit cards do you have right now? Wow. How many do you think? I'm curious to know what you think. Um, ten. Twenty three. What? Yeah. Here, actually, stay at home one sec. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Is it like gold plated or something? What do you keep these in? change this but this is pretty embarrassing i have like a literal man purse that i literally <laughs> carry around with me like if i if anyone on here tries to rob me like okay you get a lot of credit cards for me but i basically have this like thing so i couldn't find anything that could hold all these cards and so these are all my cards jesus and some of them are credit cards there's a couple like priority pass lounge cards like airline frequent flyer cards yeah like that, but that's that's the stack unbelievable yeah but i carry around like four like <laughs> I just have, like, my everyday ones, like, okay, a couple business cards, a couple personal cards. <clears throat> that's why I carry around. But I have these. These are my kids. So you always take your kids yeah, on vacation. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest attachment you have in your life right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. That's, that's my a, biggest obligation. That's awesome, man. Very cool. 
Okay, Eli, before we end, and before I even go into this part, I want to say thank you so much because, like, this is something I've always been passionate about, and it's something that I felt like a lot of people have kind of had to give me the information to understand because a lot of this stuff out there is unknown, and it's kind of, yeah, I, and for whatever reason, our generation and generations above and lower, we don't really want to do the research on this stuff. So I wanted to right. use uh, my platform and collaborate with your platform to give people the understanding of, like, this is the now and this is the future, in my opinion. And I, and I, I do believe you agree with me there. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Again, like, we live in such a cool time where you can even do this. Like, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, the world, like, there's a lot of stuff to complain about, I'm sure. You know, there's a lot of, there's justices, there's pandemic issues, there's all this stuff, but, of like, course. political issues. But at the end of the day, like, if you look over, like, human history, it's a pretty damn good time still mm. compared to everything else if you put it into context. And, like, yeah. the fact that you can just travel at all, I mean, as the world continues to open back up, and then you can travel for free, and then you can travel for free in luxury, it's, like, it's amazing. Like, that is, like, the coolest thing of all time to me. I don't know. That's why I love it. Um, I think you're, you're spot on with that, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun talking with you about this. Hopefully this is valuable for whoever's listening. Um, and if you have questions, guys, definitely hit me up. Happy to be a resource for you and share any insights and tips because it can be, like you said, if you don't have, that's why I like bringing it five steps. If you don't have like context to look at this through mm-hmm. and you see bits of information, it can be really confusing as to like how you actually turn that into taking action. So that's what I like to do is help people just make it clear. Love it, Eli. Okay, are you ready for a rapid fire round like we talked about? Rapid fire me, let's go. I have to answer the questions too, right? Yes. Okay. All right. But you're gonna uh, you're gonna answer first, and then I'm gonna bounce off. I'll answer you. first. You get a little more time. That's fine. You're the host. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Best trip while studying abroad. Wow. Uh, Berlin. Lagos. Lagos. Oh, Lagos is it? Actually, Lagos is it. But you, Berlin was fun too. You can't steal my answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot. I was panicking. But Lagos was sick. That's like one of my favorite places ever. Okay. Which one do you talk about the most? Then on top of that. Lagos. Yes. When people, cause when people ask me like, "What's your favorite place in the world?" I'm like, "That is the hardest question ever." <laughs> but that's always one of them that I put up there. I always throw that in there. But do you remember that mental note that I made a stake when we were sitting on the surfboards out on the ocean and we were looking and there was nothing going on and all that was was going on was us sitting in the ocean. And I was like, "Yep, let's remember this moment." Here we are. Yes, I'm so glad I Dude, did that. I know. Nuts to you for that. Nuts, bro. Is, uh, I do remember that. I remember that vividly. We were like, "Dude, we need to take this in. Like, this is the most incredible thing." We're like, this is un- just unbelievable. Like, where are I remember that very vividly. Yeah. Me too. It's incredible. Me too. And I remember us in our, our <laughs> wetsuits, not not knowing how to surf, but really going for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's also, anyone that's listening, if you want to go to a bar where the bartenders will hit you in the head with a helmet while they, like, give you a beer bong that has mustard in it, go to Lagos and go to, I think it's called, like, Los, like Los Monos or something like that. That is the craziest <laughs> That's the craziest thing ever. One of the greatest trips of my life, hands down. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Each of Next these one. could be its own podcast interview. Okay. Yeah. Favorite international food? Sushi in Japan. Oh my god, you've had sushi in Japan? Oh, it's like, yeah. Oh, Whatever you say, I'm sorry, which will not be the same. No, I don't, I'd like to decline to answer. <laughs> I'm going to say... Did Greco in Barcelona? That's my second favorite. But I can't say Italian food in Spain. I'm going to say, honestly, uh, the Hamon Iberico that we had and we went to the... Uh, what was that first little trip that we went on? I can't remember where it was. Was it CJ? It wasn't CJ's. Tarragona? Tarragona, yes. Yeah, cool spot. We take our tour team, our groups, our basketball teams there too. Hell yes, that was incredible. Yeah, that, that was my answer. That's Still a pretty one. good answer. I like I'm, that. Don't forget about the Greco though in Barcelona. That's I, pretty. 
pretty damn good. It's all right, pretty damn good. let's mention it again. Yeah, what, what did what did Riv get there all the time? We all got it though. We all got it, dude. I still I'll go back. I actually went back like two years ago. I was with some friends and we were like hyped. Like my one friend literally flew like just for that, I think. And uh, <laughs> we got there and we were going for the white truffle um, tortellini. Is what they have? No, the white truffle gnocchi. Yeah. Yeah, or is it tortellini? White truffle tortellini, I think. And uh, yeah, it's white truffle tortellini. Yeah. And we got there and they were like. It was just the whole menu, and they just had a big X on it, and they were like, we don't have it. And I was like, I was like, we're flying home. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> they are like, we're out. They were like, we don't have any white truffle. We're like, what? So. Oh, that place was the shit. Okay, next yeah, up. Yeah. Least favorite vacation spot that you've been to. Wow. Okay, that's a tough one. That is. <sighs> Damn. Probably from Least way back favorite. in the day. Yeah, man, dude, it's so that's a really hard one. It is. We're talking about international, right? I can't pick like North. No, Carolina you can like, you 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 can pick. I was gonna probably say Florida on some region of Florida. Yeah, um, dude, I'm having such a, I'm panicking a little bit. <laughs> I like I'm trying to think of anywhere I've had like a really bad time. I mean, did you go on any college trips? We went to PV. That was awesome, though. Yeah, that was sick. That's gotta be sick. Dude, I can't answer it. I have to pass. Travel guy. Okay, pass. I think I honestly I can't think of. A, I mean, I don't need to go into it. How about that? Okay. <laughs> but it was Florida. Part it of Florida. Florida. Bad experience in Florida. Bad experience. Sure, bad experience Florida. in Florida. Everybody. Okay, here we go. We're gonna switch it up. Favorite TV show as a kid. Wow, Rocket Power. Rugrats. But nice. Wow, did fucking Rocket Power fuck though? That show. Fucked. That was. Oh. <laughs> the best who didn't want to be on a rocket or uncle tito like those were my only two life paths that i could choose dude for sure i wanted to be i wanted to be auto nice nice yeah. nice response there okay most use emoji uh probably the crying laughing one same like this guy you know yeah. that we're actually we're we're out of touch now eli it's you're supposed to use the skull for laughing that's what gen z does Gen Z's decision on that. If you, like, the idea is that they don't even use that anymore. You put the skull because, like, I laugh so hard I'm dead. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm out. Me it's too. Probably that. Yeah. My second one is this, the, the bicep guy. Nice. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, my new thumbs up. Like, they say something like, yes. <laughs> it's that, it's that workout, it's that workout place you go to, that gym. What's oh, it yeah. called? Fit Athletic down here is amazing. Best gym. Gab Gibbons just joined. This guy works out like a beast. He knows. Let's go, Gab. Great gym, Gavin. Gab knows. Okay. Song that gets you the most pumped up. Wow. Oh, my God. It's definitely Kygo. Um, <laughs> that like no one ever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it probably is. Uh, actually, you know what it is? Is It's um, Million Voices by Otto Knows. That dude, that gets song. That song gets me pumped up. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, that goes back to the Barcelona time when they would play that, and like people just go nuts, and you're like, oh my god, it's incredible. That makes me feel young. I actually played that song at a balcony party on Saturday, and it went off. It was a bunch of people our age, and it just it does so well. It's a timeless track. Nice. What's yours? You you have to pick one. <sighs> song that makes me get the most pumped up, dude. So many tracks. Get ready for this. X gonna give it to you, DMX, and that's not just wow. not just recently Timely because drop. of R.I.P. DMX. 
But back in yeah, college, seriously. we used to, dude, and it just keeps coming back up. People will randomly request it, and I'm like, yeah, good request. Yeah, good request, yeah. <laughs> dude, That's Eli, hilarious. quick quick story really quick. So my first DJ gig back was a few weeks ago in a hotel lobby, okay, at, at the W on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. It's a casual disco house vibe, nothing, nothing crazy, you know what I mean? It's just like lounge. People are mostly tourists. They're coming in and out. I don't have to really entertain. I get unlimited old fashions and dank appetizers for free. That's why I go and I get paid. But it was just after, it was the day after DMX had died and it was the end of the night and the bar was crowded. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, place is kind of popping. It's my first gig back. So I put on Rough Riders Anthem, dude. And I started bringing the volume down, you know what I mean? Like, to let people go crazy. And it was like, stop. Hey, drop. Yeah, people probably went nuts. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, so bringing the energy, bringing the it. energy, couldn't help it, couldn't help it. Dude, that's gotta be so fun. Just like <clears throat> being like, we are gonna, yeah, that's gotta be a blast when you're up there and you're just like, I'm just gonna bring some fire to these people. Totally. And literally, the bartenders and like the concierge was over there, like kind of like roaming around. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I can't do this, but let's go. Yeah, yeah. No one saw that. <laughs> okay, favorite beer. Favorite beer? Oh, um, you know, I like, I really love for cat. See, this is a situational thing, which is a which is kind of an answer. But like last <laughs> night, I had a Lagunitas, like a little, little Borbox sunset action. Like Lagunitas. was it an IPA? Yeah, that is my favorite beer, bro. Really nice. They got a big distillery in Chicago and in Southern California, so that's why it was easy to get there. Oh, nice. There we go. Yeah, that's a. That's a great, that's just a solid IPA, not too hoppy, not, not too, like, weak, but, you know, perfect for a lot of situations, but, uh, yeah, I feel like beer is a very situational thing. It absolutely like, is. You know, if I'm traveling, I'm like, you gotta eat your local beer, so, like, that's gonna be Peroni in Italy's probably my favorite. Oh, the best. Yeah. Remember Estrella Dom? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Kind of tastes like a, <laughs> kind of tastes like, a burnt wood that has been turned well, into beer. It doesn't help when it's, like, some sketchy guy that's like, you want something like for a dollar? And he like goes into the sewer and like, pulls out a bag and it's like, here you go. <laughs> like outside of a club in Barcelona. Yeah. Or it's like, it's like X marks the spy. He's got a treasure map with like beers buried in the sand. And they're like yeah. selling him outside of opium for a dollar. That is like. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'll drink it. <laughs> yeah, that is, the, that is the best taste of beer on the planet. Right I there. agree. Amen. Preach. Okay. Favorite liquor? Uh, and be specific. Give me a brand. Yeah, I, I will. Um, hmm, it's definitely. I'm gonna say for like an all things situation, I'm gonna go Woodford. Uh very very good response there. Yeah, is yours Jameson? Because you used to crush some Jameson. No, I got off that. I matured. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> I was don't need famous. to go chugging Irish whiskey the rest of my life. Okay, <laughs> I do have some nights where some of my friends will. Uh, they know my affiliation with Jameson, but I got off that. I still like it. Actually, Jameson does have like this uh, casket aged Jameson that's actually pretty good. But no, no, no. I'm going to take Makers 47. Solid. Very solid choice. Or Makers. Make, e- either is fine with me. But... And, and, yeah. Quality choice. Quality Qu- choice. Quality choice. We're all American guys here with our Lagunitas and whiskeys, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, that's 100% it. Okay. All time favorite athlete. Um, I'm good at this. Yeah, I'm gonna throw out. 
I'm going to give you two. Okay. One is like kind of an athlete, but kind of an inspirational story. Louis Zamorini, uh, the book Unbroken, the movie Unbroken. Oh, about yeah, 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 yeah. The guy used to be a, a track runner that went to World War II. Ship went down, floated for like 37 days. That is the cool story. I get chills when I like, literally not talk about it. <laughs> the coolest story of all time. Um, the other one, I'm going to say David Ortiz, a.k.a. Big Poppy from the Boston Red Sox. I used to have a fat head of him in my room when fat heads were a thing. Oh, my and God. He was just so fun to watch, man. I was like, and he's just such an entertainer, too. Like, great all-around guy. Would kill it. I was a big Red Sox fan before the Nats moved to D.C. So, those are mine. What do you got? Great answers. Jesus. Um, I feel like I have to say Reggie Miller. Ah, just being a big, big Patriots Indiana, fan baby. my whole life. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he's, he's you know, he put the Indiana Patriots on the map. For, for a long period of time. I mean, he was a major, major factor in the uh, the Last Dance documentary about Michael Jordan and the Bulls. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, true. That was a cool documentary, too. That was awesome. It was. And I was, like, pumped. I was like, yes, somebody's talking about the Pacers. Small market team. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a big moment for me. Okay, next up. Yeah. Favorite day of the week. This is something I really want to know your answer to. <laughs> I love me some Fridays. I love Fridays. What time of the day on Friday? Like, done with work on Friday? Like, finishing up work. Yeah. Like I, 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 I genuinely, have, yeah, like, I, I like what I'm doing, so, like, I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a feeling like you have, like, satisfaction of, like, you had a good week, and then you know that the weekend's right there, and you're about to do something fun. Like, that's good. That's a good combo of feelings right there. That is. So, I, I like Fridays, but it's not like, oh, thank God the week's over. Like, it's not really. It's more just like, I don't know, it's just good. Good vibes always on Fridays. I think it's prob- Friday is probably the best answer to this, but if I really thought about it, I really enjoy Thursdays because then I know the next day is Friday and the weekend's guaranteed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Friday Friday might have ruined my week for all I know. You know what I mean? So it's like thir- if I if I get in the mindset Thursday of the weekend's coming, nothing can stop me on Friday. Like nothing can nothing stop me. Stop. <laughs> all right, let's throw it back though. Favorite day of the week. This one's back to you. Favorite day of the week when we were studying abroad because there were some different days and they meant different things. Oh my god. Uh, fuck. I'd probably say Thursday again because I had. Thursdays. Pro- yeah, Thursdays because I had. Well, Thursday was Sutone, right? Thursdays. Uh, Wednesdays was Sutone, but Thursdays was like. <laughs> Thursdays was like go out and then Friday I feel like we didn't have class. So it'd be like Thursday you go out and stay up till five and then go to the airport at seven. I, that's always what I tell people. Like, what was your broad experience? I was like, uh, you know, I pack my backpack before we come back from the club at seven a.m. I'd literally just put my backpack on and we'd get in a car and go to the airport, and then I'd buy a liter of Jameson. Yeah. <laughs> what a time! What at the duty free, you know what? If it wasn't tax free, and the real Jew in me comes out when I see no tax, like yeah. on a big bottle of Jameson, come on, I'm hooked. <laughs> Just the justification you needed. You're like, it's a good deal. What? Well, I'm like, I got to pass on that. <laughs> it's a good deal. <laughs> it's a good deal. Jesus. Okay, what about, you gotta, you're going to say Thursday then in that question? They're 100% Thursdays, yeah. Okay, okay. Dawn or dusk? Dusk. Yeah, gotta be. I am a yeah, morning person, dawn's... though. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't have that in me. I try, and every time I'm like, I'm going to get up and see the sun. Like, I was in Florida, I was in Miami, I was like, I was at like an awesome hotel looking at the water. I was like, I'm going to watch the sunrise tomorrow. Didn't happen. I like the sun going down, too, because then it's going into the night. Yeah, like, I I like that. I'm a sunset guy. I'm a sunrise guy. I'm a sunset guy, too. Okay, we got one in in common. Okay, ready? Say a word in Spanish. First thing that comes to your head. 
hospital clinic. For sure, for sure. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it on three at the same time in our best train station voice we can. Ready? Three, two, one. Hospital, hospital clinic. clinic. Dude, you're so much better than me. <laughs> that, that was great. For uh, for the people who are listening, there's not that many on right now, but. Uh, that is the name of our metro stop in Spain, and that would just get stuck in our heads, and that was like just on on loop in our brain. Like <laughs> just constantly just brought to us hospital clinic. Dude, that that guy honestly helped me learn Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no lie, I went. I was in Charleston two weeks ago. Went to this awesome spot, this Italian spot, and you go to the bathroom, and there was literally like, instead of music, it was like Spanish lessons happening in the bathroom like on the audio it was like them saying something and then saying in English and then saying something Spanish <laughs> saying like, I'm like this is kind of weird but kind of cool like I'm peeing and learning Spanish at the same time like nice. I kind of like that That's a good I kind of feel like I'm I'm leveling up like in this restaurant it's very wholesome <laughs> yeah exactly okay okay ready climb a mountain or jump from a plane wow climb a mountain jump from a plane scares the hell out of me I will do it at some point <clears throat> but I would rather I haven't really climbed any big mountains and that's something I do actually want to do so I'll pick that what about you? I'm definitely not jumping from a plane I never want to do that I never want to do that <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll do it at some point you think? I think you will can we do it together? I'll do it with you I'll jump out with a plane with you alright can we hold hands? <laughs> I can't promise that <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not it's not safe anyway yeah exactly I violate safety code no can do Fuck, man, that scares the shit out of me, but... God. Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Okay, alright. And this is my last one, you ready? Okay. Favorite city in Europe, and it can't be Lagos. Hmm. Is it to visit, or like if I was gonna live there? Live there. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I might go Barcelona, man. Yeah. That's a vibe. It's so cool. It's like a good mix of everything. It's like Spanish, kind of like San Diego here, kind of like LA, kind of like European. I would pick that. And we're, I have, I always think this a lot. I really like Munich, but I don't know if I would want to live there year round. But I just <laughs> like Munich for some reason. I that really would be like so it. Like, funny if like, you lived in Munich. Like, cool, like, nice. What's that? If you lived in Munich, that would be so funny. Yeah, it would be hilarious. But if I don't speak any German, like, I don't know, I don't know. I know a few people there, but. I love Bavaria, Germany. Like, it's so cool. Juan Ricardo, we love... Alps close by. It's amazing. Yes. We have somebody who loves Barcelona, too. We love Barcelona. Yeah, there you go. Amazing. Yeah, that's it. I I, I think I'd have to say Barcelona, too, to live there. But Mm -hmm. um, if I wasn't allowed to say that... (sighs) Bro, I don't know. I might just be like, go to Paris and just crush it. Just see what happens. Paris would be cool. I think Paris is, I mean, a lot of people, it's funny, Paris is one of those polarizing ones. You know, people are like, I love Paris, like, I hate Paris. Yeah. That's what I found about it, but I, I was very pleasantly surprised. I was, like, not that excited to go when I was going for the first time. I was, like, I'm a single dude that's 24, like, how cool is this going to be? And I got there, and I was like, wow, this is epic. This is so sick. Um, I think living there would be really cool. I know a few people who live there. I think it's definitely a hard place to, like, really adapt and get immersed in, like, culturally, but... It would be, it'd be sick. There's actually one other one that I would throw out. It's actually not Amsterdam, but it's a town right next to it called Harlem. Like, not New York, but it's H-A-A-R-L-E-M. Mm-hmm. Small town. Really cool because you have, like, the Dutch vibe, like, small little, you know, like, 
small walking area, like the downtown city center. You're close to downtown Amsterdam, but you're not in like the crazy area where it's just like too much going on. Um, awesome people, just good lifestyle. Like that's actually a really that's like a top one, and I think Dutch people are fun to hang out with and like they are. English. Yeah, yeah, Dutch people are cool. So I would potentially pick that too, but that's like a more of a quiet, quieter move. So maybe later in life, maybe retirement after Munich. Yeah, after Munich. <laughs> <laughs> after a couple Oktoberfests, go to Harlem. Yeah, of course, man. God, yeah. I, I, we, this interview could go on forever. Couldn't it? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Eli, this has been so much fun, man. Thank you for making the time. I know you're off to the next place here soon, and it's just so great connecting with you on a consistent basis, man. I can't wait for everybody to tune in that listen to this. Thank you. Uh, we're going to have this shared again soon, and we're going to let the people know how easy it is to save money when traveling. Absolutely. Yeah, again, if you have questions, if you're watching this, hit me up, uh, reach out, hit us on social, whatever you want to do. Um, be happy to, to help you out however we can. And yeah, sure. Thank you, man. This is awesome. And what you're doing is incredible just with uh, the platform and, and like your commitment to it over a long time, too. I think that's the cool thing. Like, some people start stuff and stop, and then they change 10 times. And, like, you've been doing this consistently for years. Like, that's yeah. it shows. So, thank you, man. It's fun coming on here. And, uh, dude, we're going to link soon. It'll be cool to meet you in person again. Yes, man. Like I said, you got a spot in Chicago anytime you need. Hell yeah. Eli, have a good one, my man. All right. You too. See you guys. See you,